This is a message that's been so revolutionary. It's rubbed off on all kinds of things. I mean, you'll see it quoted in the UN. You'll see it in the foundation charter of all kinds of nonprofits, of hospitals. This message like remade the world. And it was a world where what was powerful was valued. It was a world where what was seen was valued. And Jesus came in and he turned it all upside down. He said, you know what the most powerful thing is? It's the powerless. (laughs) You know what matters the most? It's the things you can't see. And so we're going to dive into that. And we were going to start today. But as I was gearing up and chopping up the schedule and looking at it, and this is a thing we're going to be in until January. So we're going to be sitting in this Sermon on the Mount for a long time. But while I was looking at it, and we are turning, it almost seems like within two days, it went from death hot summer to like deep into the fall, cold, right? So as we turn the seasons and people sort of pivot their lives a little bit differently and kids go back to school and maybe your rhythm is the same as it always is, but for a lot of folks, it changes a lot in this season. This is a great season to welcome people. And so I want to talk for a little bit about the radical welcome of Christ. I just want to talk about the radical welcome of Christ. Not only how he calls you and I to welcome other people, but how we ourselves are welcome and accepted in him. And so we have a simple text. It's Romans 15, verse 7. And it says, Therefore accept one another just as Christ also accepted you to the glory of God. Let me read it again. That's the entire text that we're preaching on. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted you to the glory of God. Other translations put it this way. Therefore, welcome one another, just as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. So let's talk about radical, radical hospitality, radical welcoming, radical accepting. How do we accept and welcome people like Jesus? Well, part of what makes radical, Christ-like welcoming is that we need to welcome with gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. We need to welcome with gratitude. I remember when I was to church for the first time for about a year. And this is really important. There's a huge difference between going to church and being a Christian or being someone who follows Christ. So I was going to church. People were reaching out to me. I was a part of this thing, but I was also someone who came from a family that didn't go to church at all and thought it was pretty much a joke. And so people would go and they would drive 20 minutes from their house to mine and then they would knock on my door, they'd pick me up a lot 
and then drive another 30 minutes in a different direction to get me to church. Every week. Every week. And you know what I would do? Some weeks, a lot of weeks, I wouldn't call. You know, we didn't really have text. I'm old. <laughs> you know what I mean? We didn't have text. I didn't call. You know what I mean? They get to the, they get to the door, and I would come down. I'd be like, I had long hair then, really long hair. And I'd be like, not today, man. <laughs> not feeling it today. So they drove all the way out there, 20 minutes, and then they were going to drive another 30 minutes to get to church. And they were met with incredible ingratitude. And this is the thing. They kept coming every week. Thank God they kept coming every week because I wouldn't be here if they just gave up on me. If my ingratitude beat up their gratitude, I definitely would not be here talking with you. But their gratitude overwhelmed my ingratitude. And we all have a welcome that we experience in Christ where we ought to be overflowing with gratitude. See, this is, what, this is the power of the gospel. This is the power of the good news. This is what happens. He was excluded that you would be included. That's what the whole Jesus on the cross, him dying outside the city, him being punished by man and God, that's what it's all about. He was excluded that you would be welcomed, that you would be included. He was rejected so that you would be accepted. He was forsaken so that you will never be forsaken. You will never be forsaken. And so all of us, when we are extending the welcome of the gospel to other people and we're going out and we're giving rides, for example, or we're going out and we're inviting a neighbor or we're going out and we're inviting somebody we work with, guess what? You need to have your gratitude for your position where you're at overwhelm what can be faced you can be faced with ingratitude you can forget even where you're at and that's the worst right that's the worst you are inviting people to your faith and you're inviting people to church but basically you feel like your faith is kind of like walking on a plank it's not a bridge to happiness. It's not a bridge to salvation. It's not a bridge to joy or meaning or purpose in your life. But it's more like those old movies where you're walking out on a plank and you turn around and you look down and the ocean is down there. And you're like, yeah, I'm into this Jesus thing and this church thing, but I don't know if at any moment I'm gonna fall into the ocean and get eaten by sharks. So now you're out there and you're trying to invite other people to come on the plank with you? I mean, that's how it is sometimes, especially when we don't have that position of gratitude and understanding that he was rejected so that we would be accepted. When we are acting like it's all about come to church, perform, try really hard, maybe God will love you, maybe he'll accept you, well, that's, a, that's not good news. That's terrible news. No one will measure up to that. 
you're out there on that plank saying, come on, come on out with me. Try really hard. Maybe we'll make this happen. Nah. They're going to be like, nah, bro. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm not going out there with you. <laughs> I'm just going to try to get the little happiness I can rather than going out there and maybe falling into the ocean. So we need to welcome with gratitude. We also need to welcome with challenge. We need to accept people where they're at, but with challenge. So the gospel welcome is never like a take it or leave it issue, right? It's never like, well, I mean, you could come, you could, you could think about Jesus if you're into that kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, the gospel is never that type of invitation that's just like take it or leave it. There's always a challenge. You remember the story of when Jesus had all these people bring this woman who was caught in the act of adultery? They drug her to Jesus, and they said, we caught her in the middle of the act. All right? So she's shamed. And they grabbed her out of the bed, and, and, and they, they grabbed her in front of Jesus, and the guys were there, and they wanted to trap Jesus. And they said, listen, the law says that if you commit adultery, the punishment is death. So shouldn't we stone her right now? And you remember what Jesus said? Let the one without sin cast the first stone. And that's where we focus a lot of times, <laughs> right? Because all of us sort of relate to that. Yeah, who am I to judge anybody else? And, and we're like the guy, like, I, I, got, I got a lot of friends. I don't personally have one of these, but I got a lot of friends, like, a tattoo that says, only God can judge me, <laughs> right? And we've got this, this, this huge sense of nobody can tell me what to do or look at my life when they themselves don't have any position to judge me because they're hypocrites. And from the oldest to the youngest, those men dropped their stones and walked away in shame. But here's the thing that we like to forget. One of the men stayed. His name was Jesus. And he had every right to judge this woman. And you know what he said as he looked at the woman? He said, go and sin no more. So he loved this woman, he accepted this woman, he forgave this woman, but he also challenged her. I mean, I'm really jealous, sir. You guys have met this guy, uh, Pastor Doug, he's preached here. Some of you have met him, right? And he would just come up to young folks. He would come up to somebody in their sin, in like their, their, their foolishness, just doing what they want and he put their he put his hand on their shoulder and just look at them and be like go and sin no more and their lives would change in the gospel there is love in the gospel there is welcome but there is always challenge and if you're like I don't want to be challenged you don't want the gospel <laughs> I remember, I remember we were sitting in this meeting. This is back when I was serving in Rwanda, in Central Africa. 
and there was a crop of guys that were failing every class. So we, we, we had a Bible school. And they were all from the same denomination. And they were funded. And they also funded the school. So it was very political. It was like, we're having this discussion, which it was a quick discussion, but it was still a discussion of like, really, what can we do? Because if we fail these guys, we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose the support of this denomination. But they're not doing what they should be doing, right? And I remember this guy, John Baptiste, a man of deep integrity, a man who fled war and genocide, came back to his country to teach pastors, a man who would put his life on the line for the truth and for the gospel. And he just looked at us and he said, if we give these people degrees from this school, that's like buying planes for prostitutes. That when you love people radically and you welcome them radically and you accept them radically, but there's no challenge, all you're doing is enabling people to just keep doing what they've been doing. And so when we welcome people, it has to come with challenge. Or we were literally funding foolishness. We're literally funding people's sin. We're funding and co-signing the things they're doing that they have no business to do. And finally, the short but tough sermon, okay? <laughs> Third point is that we need to welcome people with patience. I'm sorry. See, going back to that second point, we believe that people are lost. And that's why we're planning this church. That's why we're reaching out with the gospel. That's why we put people in hotels. Sometimes we don't even know their whole story, but we want to get a meal with them and we want to figure out what's really the issue. Where has it really gone sideways? We want to get deeper in. We're okay with being Christ-like. We're okay with being loving than being right about everybody. We're okay like here and there you take advantage of us, right? I'm not saying that welcome with challenge means you never let anybody touch you or hurt you or take advantage of you. That doesn't, that's not how it works. <laughs> Amen? And we're listening. And, and, and we're pointing people to Jesus all the time. And we're having meals together in each other's homes. And we're going to study this book together, Living Without Worry. Who struggles with stress? Who struggles with worry? I can tell you who. Everyone. <laughs> Overwhelmingly. Some of us just have learned how to hide it a little bit better than others. That's why we're studying the Bible together. We're going to get into 1 John every month. We're going to come in. We're going to read it and read it and meditate on it and sit on it and just let it change us. It's a short book. It takes you 12 minutes to read. But if you read it every day and you pray through it and you look at its truth, it will change you. It'll change you. And we want people to grow, not microwave style, where it just warms the outside, like the top layer 
of the soup, right? We want you to be changed from the inside out, starting with your heart, starting with what you believe, starting with the core of who you are. So it's not just, you know, we don't just, you know, go to and do theology on tap, for example, because we just like a really good beer and we like talking about philosophy with random people. We don't go out the fishing docks, you know what I mean, and hang out with people just because, wow, it's just the greatest town in the world and we can sit out on the docks. And you know what? I love this town. And it is fun. And there's lots of good things about this town. But we can admit that there's beauty in this world, but there's also brokenness. And we need to remain people who believe that the gospel calls us not only to welcome people, but to accept people with challenge. It's like when your child is wiling, right? You, you start off at a point where you remind them, you're my son. You're my daughter. You lo I love you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to feed into what you're doing. There's going to be consequences. But this is where it starts out. This is not the end of the world. I remember my mom would always tell me growing up when I would do something and I would be beating myself up and she would tell me, she'd say, if that's the worst thing that you ever do, you're gonna be all right. There's grace in that. We challenge, but we don't write off. We challenge, but we don't condemn. Can everybody say that? Challenge, but don't condemn. We challenge, but we do not condemn. That is so important. People come in our midst and they're doing X, Y, Z. I don't care how bad it is. We say, yeah, it's a mess, but it could be God's mess. Yeah, you got this girl pregnant. It's a mess, but it can be a beautiful thing. It can be the most beautiful thing that's going to happen in your life. Right? A lot of us know about that. Yeah, you, you, you've gone astray and you've made some dumb decisions, but in Christ you were welcome. The table's always there. It's like Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. You know that image, right? Now when you let him in, you're gonna have some things that you wanna change. There's going to be some things that you're going to be ashamed of. There's also going to be things that you don't even know are wrong. And Jesus is going to come into your room and he's going to open up the fourth bedroom. And he's going to be like, yo, this, this room smells like weed. What's going on? <laughs> right? There's going to be things where Jesus walks throughout your house and it's going to be like, what's up with those pictures on the wall? They need to come down. <laughs> but the point is, it doesn't matter how raggedy your house is. It doesn't matter how bad the rooms are inside your house and how bad it is in the deepest part of the basement. The reality is, is that Jesus wants to come in. Jesus wants to come into your life. He doesn't drive by your home and think, that's too much for me. I can't accept that. I can't welcome that. Every single person, no matter how your life is, Jesus is ready to come and accept you, but he will challenge you. 
the lostness that's all around us, it's real. I mean, this year alone, I've buried three people under 30. Two overdoses and one suicide. So when people try to be like, yeah, you know, it's too negative. The world's not broken. Don't ever say I'm broken. I'm good, you know? That's a, people are very proud, right? Many people are very proud. But when I'm looking around the world, what I see is a world that needs a savior, a world that needs a deliverer, a world that needs Jesus to redeem it. And so let's talk about challenge with patience. This one's hard for me. <laughs> I have a hard time with this. Does anybody have a hard time with patience? I mean, one thing we gotta remember is that Jesus, you know, we can't get mad at him when we don't become a saint in a day. Like, this is what happens. We spend our lives sort of making these decisions for ourselves, thinking we know what we're doing, thinking we're good, whatever, we're putting other people, they don't know about my situation. They couldn't possibly understand my situation, right? And then we get ourselves into a hole. Jesus is like, come on up out of the hole, right? And then a lot of times we're like, nah, we're good. Like, we're waiting to be delivered. And he's like, I'm right here trying to get you out of this hole. <laughs> and it takes time to learn to walk with God. It takes time. And what I want you to know is that this welcome message is not just about how you welcome other people. <laughs> It is about that. It's the fall. It's the time when folks might be open to coming to church. They are running around doing a million things in the summer. And I want you to welcome people. I want you to welcome people. But this is also about you and me. And we have to hold all these things in tension. We have to experience and believe in the acceptance and welcome that we have in Christ. We have to allow that gratitude to bubble up into our lives, right? We have to allow it to transform us, to renew us. And we have to allow other people to challenge us in our self-pity. We have to allow other people to challenge us when we're gaming the system, when our finances aren't right and we're doing things to keep it not right. Allow other people to challenge us when we're crushing pills, drinking too much wine, getting drunk and high, right? We need other people to challenge us in all those things. And we aren't ever gonna let somebody challenge us if we don't know from the get that we're accepted. Because if we think we're not accepted and someone's coming to us and saying, why are you doing X, Y, Z? Our minds are going to go right to this. They're judging me. They're condemning me. Doesn't matter. You know the language of condemnation and the language of challenge? It's really hard to tell the difference when you're guilty. When you have a guilty conscience, someone could say with all the love in the world, 
for you something difficult that you need to hear and you're only going to hear it as they don't love you and you're not good enough for them. Epiphany Church, challenge you to be a church full of radical welcome. That kind of welcome that calls people like me, 15-year-old me, right? Who will drive 20 minutes, knock on the door, have somebody show up at the door and be like, not today, not feeling it. <laughs> people who will persistently and patiently welcome people with gratitude and with great challenge. You know, have you ever beat yourself up so much that you get to the point where you don't know how to welcome anybody else? You can't even accept yourself. Isn't that amazing? Jesus hung on a cross for six hours. They, they put this crown of thorns on him. Have you ever seen it, like in your own, with, like in real life? Those things are gnarly, like an inch and a half long. They pushed it on his head. And he bled so much he couldn't see. And they took the cat of nines, right? And they whipped him, and they let those little pieces of metal dig into the back, into his skin, into his muscle, and then they pulled it out. And he took this whooping for you so that you'd never have to wonder if you're loved. You'd never have to wonder if you're accepted. You'd never have to wonder if you would be okay coming back because you did X, Y, Z. You did X, Y, Z. Welcome back. Welcome back. His body was broken for you. His blood was poured out for you. This is what it's all about. Oh, Lord, help us. Oh, Lord, help us. Be patient like the Ritters. You met him. Well, some of you met him. He, he played keyboard at one time. He came and visited us. Be patient like the Ritters who came to my house every single week and, and overcome my ingratitude and my unbelief with his faith and his gratitude. Epiphany Church. Let me close with this. Your job is to welcome others. That includes yourself. Your job is to accept others. That includes you owning the acceptance that God has for the world for yourself. Your job is to welcome others to book study, right? Tuesday night. Your job is to welcome others to the Bible study. First Tuesday, theology on tap women's ministry, men's ministry, youth group, kids club. But more importantly, your job is to invite people into your time, to your kitchen table, to the break room you have at work, or whatever your situation is, on the steps in front of your house, on the block, or in your backyard. Your job is to invite other people into your life to know the welcome that you've received, to know the acceptance and love that you've received from God. Soak in that gratitude. Soak in that challenge. Soak in all of it. 
start with this baseline. There is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. In the same way that God has welcomed you, he welcomes everyone you know. They need to come to him. You need to invite them. You need to bring them. You need to care enough about them to pray for them. You need to care enough about them to invite them to things. I really struggle with this. I've said before, I really struggle with the the patience part. I want to be totally honest with you. See, because when I became a Christian, it was game over. You know, I hung around the church for a year. It was, that was a pain, (laughs) right? But when I became a Christian, I went from zero to 180. I knew that I was lost. I knew that I was alone. I knew that this was the place to be. I didn't live on the fence. I was ready to serve. I wanted to serve anytime I could. There were prayer meetings in the morning and I would take the train super early and I would get off of it to get at 6 a.m. to a prayer meeting in another town and then get back so I could go to school even though I worked till one o'clock in the morning at a pizzeria, because I had to help my family. I was hungry. I was hungry to be with other Christians. I was hungry to serve. And so it can be very difficult for me to understand why anybody wouldn't be. (laughs) See, the church for me wasn't a place to hide from where I was condemned, but a place where I could bring my wounds. (laughs) It wasn't a place where I felt like I was gonna be wounded. That's because I went to a church that understood the biblical and radical welcome of Jesus. And I pray that for us. I pray that we would be that kind of community, that together we would just know how to challenge and know the difference in dialect, even accent between challenging and condemning. It's tough. (laughs) It's not easy. It is not easy. If I had 10 people totally committed to welcoming God in their lives and welcoming others to him. Man, if I had five people in this community, that five adults, not perfect people, not cleaned up people, but five people were willing to rearrange their lives, willing to just do what they can to see God welcome people into this gospel, into this love, into this acceptance, we could turn this town upside down. Believe that. Five people not waiting around asking to be invited to help, but waiting in the line. What can I do? How can I serve? You want to see some people that are like this? This guy, Joe Hall, right? He leads worship nearly every week in Camden, right? His own church. Then he comes down here. He blocks out his entire day to help lead us in worship. And he doesn't skate out of here like some, because he's talented. I mean, you heard him. He's talented. He doesn't skate out of here and like, I don't need to hear that message. (laughs) I'm tired. He stays until the end. And he often sits around and talks with us. That's love. That's the driving. 30 minutes somewhere, then 20 minutes back. There are people propping the door and he's not alone. There's a handful of people propping the door from Camden that come every week and work really hard. And I'm saying to you, I need your help. 
If we don't understand that we are welcomed in Christ and we're not willing to rearrange our lives for that, to extend that welcome to others, it's, 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 it's game over. But we don't do it for the glory of Epiphany Church or that being a thing. It says right in the text, welcome others as you have been welcomed for the glory of who? For the glory of God. Our motto is building bridges for the glory of God and the good of our neighbors. And we believe that as we make these connections, as we welcome people, that's what building bridges is all about. As we welcome people, it will be a blessing to people, but it'll also glorify God. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that you're, you call us to this welcome. Lord, I pray, Father, that we would soak in it, that we would be transformed by it, that we would, from the inside out, we wouldn't be like microwaved, where the top layer is warm and below that is cold. But Lord, I pray, Father, that we would experience a deep transformation that we would just say, whatever we can do, we want to do it. And I pray that we'd have the attitude of saying, Lord, Lord, if you'll take me, if you'll take me, you can have all of me. You, you can't have a perfect version of me because I, I'm not, I'm a mess. But Lord, if you'll take this mess, if you'll take me and all my frailty and all of my doubts and all of my guilt, and all of my struggles, if you'll take me just the way I am, and all of that, you can have it. Lord, I pray, Father, we would take that leap of faith and believe that you are gonna work in us in the process as we give our lives to you. Lord, we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.